Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the one and only show on the internet where we talk about things like a movies, a television, a song of ice and fire, a Star Wars, a dragons, a space laters, and all of you who watch us. Hello, Nicole. Hello, Martha. Hello, Christian. Good to see everybody in the chat. Hello, Dan. I'm Dan Selke. I run uh, WinnersComing.net. And Daniel Rowan, you also run WinnersComing.net. How are you this fine Wednesday afternoon up there in New Wave, York? I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, I, <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little frazzled. I've been dealing with some stuff. Uh, so my, I've been pulled in in a bunch of different directions today. But I am excited to be here to talk about nerdy things, to talk about chairs, which I'm just going to dream about because that sounds wonderful to me. Um, And yeah, how are you, Dan? What's new in your life? Have you warmed up to the latest episode? Oh, the the morning I had this morning. No, things are good, but um, it's especially quick. So this morning, everybody, I just want to share my pain with you. I biked into the office, the fan-sided office, biked all the way in there, got there, realized that I just didn't have my key, which is on my keychain, just is gone. The key's just gone. So I had to bike all the way back, oh, damn. find that the key fell off in the wash somehow. It's been sitting there the entire time. <laughs> 12 miles round trip. Very annoyed. Lost oh my an gosh. hour of work. Ugh, the morning I had, I tell you what, the morning I had, uh, the morning I had, but the afternoon has been very, very pleasant. But the morning I had, let me tell you. Good. <laughs> they know you mentioned uh, chairs and we want to kick off today's show with a very yeah. special, exciting offer for all of you out there watching Internet land. Uh, this Friday, we are giving away a secret lab Titan Evo House of the Dragon gaming chair from gaming chair company Secret Lab. That is what it looks like. Yeah. The fire is not included. You got the cushy back. Ah, You've got an attachable pillow. You've got wheels that roll around. You have pretty kind of black flower. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Emblazons on the wings of the chair there. They sent us this chair. 
I was able to put it together in the office. I couldn't get into after the morning I had. So it's easy to put together. (laughs) And we are going to be giving one of these away. We're going to be giving away a House of the Dragon gaming chair from Secret Lab this Friday. Keep an eye on our Twitter to enter. Daniel, would you like to be the proud owner of a House of the Dragon Secret Lab Titan Evo 2022 chair, gaming chair? I mean, I would. If I didn't already work for this company, I'd be all over that. Retweeting, (laughs) subscribing, doing all the other things to get entries. But as it is, I'll probably have to keep an eye out for sale prices because that looks like a pretty nice chair. It's like a $500 value. It, it is. Yeah, no, those chairs are, they're awesome. So I have not seen this one because I am not located in Chicago where the office is. But I have seen before this House of the Dragon one, they had a they had a Lannister one, they had a Targaryen and a Stark one. I have seen the Lannister one. It's pretty nice. They make some pretty good chairs. And the person I know who has the Lannister chair sits in it a lot. So it's good on your tush is what I hear. <laughs> Um, yeah. And we are going to give it away. If I was in the office, I could actually show the chair to you guys right after the morning I had. It wasn't yeah, really an option. Dropping the, <laughs> dropping the ball. I didn't drop the ball. No, you didn't. <laughs> Cassandra asks, yes, the contest is going to be U.S. only. So I'm sorry for people who are yes. um, in other areas, but it is U.S. only. Keep an eye on our Twitter this Friday to win. Uh, what, what was it called again? The Secret Lab Titan Evo 2022 House of Dragons Gaming Chair. Yes. Uh, Daniel, so keep buying for that. Speaking of that, so we're in the home stretch of House of the Dragons Season 1, which is a little surreal to say because we, we spent are. a long time looking forward to this. We spent a long time since Game of Thrones wondering if, the, if there would be another move, what the next move would be. We finally got it. We saw the bulk of it. And there was one more episode left. Daniel, people out, good people of the channel, people who are watching, what are your hopes and fears for the House of the Dragon season finale entitled The Black Queen? My, uh, I think the, the fear is that it will play fast and loose in any ways. I, I enjoyed the last episode, The Green Council. I think it's gotten a lot of criticism, some fair, yeah. some less fair. Um, but I think the fact that those criticisms exist at all kind of shows that it is a, a little less airtight than some of the other episodes have been. And I hope that we get a an airtight finale because it is going to have one of the biggest moments uh, that in the dance, I, I in the Dance of the Dragons, the moment at Storm's End, I still remember reading it the first time and thinking, oh my God, I hope that they get to do a show of this and I hope they get to do this scene. So yeah, I'm really excited for that. And my other hope is that if we do get uh, a certain rats and uh, dairy product related scene, it will not be rushed and it will be good. What about you, Dan? What are you most looking forward to or terrified in this finale coming up? Okay, first, I have to point this out. Well, first of all, um, I agree with Lord Daquan, who is my spirit animal, that I didn't like the last step very much either. In fact, I sort of hated it. If you go look at our Sunday episode, get... Oh, there's just so much I didn't like about it. And it was so sad because I've been I've been enjoying the show very much, like more than I thought I would. I thought they'd done a great job of continuing the legacy of Game of Thrones. I thought they've had some I thought they'd done a good job of like distinguishing themselves from the last show from making it their own. And then this just yeah. ugh, I just did it. I just didn't like it. I didn't and I've said why. I can say why again if you want, but I I have many, many arguments. (laughs) Um, I hope they win me back. I I really do. So because that thing kind of shattered my confidence a bit. And I'm afraid that they're I don't need an episode to be airtight. 
I just need to feel something. Like I need it to move me. I need it to tap into the secret garden of my heart and plant a seed and water it into a sapling, a sapling into a mighty tree, and then they can fell it and I'll be broken. That's what I want. I just want to be moved and touched and not instead go. I mean, I guess anger is an emotion, but it's not the kind of one that I want to feel. Anger at the show for disappointing me is not an emotion I want to feel. I just want it to be really, really good. And yeah. Looking forward to. You know, it's fascinating. It's funny how angry people have gotten over this last episode because I feel like it shows how invested we all are in this spinoff now that we weren't sure it was going to be any good two months ago. Now, here we are. You wouldn't be this mad if it hadn't been so good up until now. Uh, but you're right, Daniel. I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't be this Looking mad at another show side. for being mediocre and lame because when House of the Dragon is mediocre and lame, it hurts me because I like House of the Dragon. And but ah. I want I want it to be at a high standard. I, 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 I don't want to treat this as like, it's just a fun ride. Turn your brain off, kids. No, I want a, a show for adults I can sink my teeth into. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I wanted to say one thing about your comment. I just, before we watch it this weekend. You're like, do you actually think? Yes. Like, I just have a hard time believing that that you, I mean, that anybody, but you could... Cause I know you somewhat, I mean, you're mm -hmm. a, you're a smart guy. Like how Thank could you. They, <laughs> they, how could they possibly, how could they possibly fit that in? I don't see how um, you could, I'm trying to be in your brain, trying to put in your glasses and trying to have your ponytail. Okay. I'm trying to think about how you could conceive of blood and cheese being part of it. And I'm drawing a blank, but our brains are, are not the same brain and we operate differently. And that's beautiful and wonderful and fine. Here's how I think they could do it. And uh, we won't say what blood and cheese is in case there are any people out there watching who don't know. I'm going to talk about this in vague terms. However, we know that Storm's End is coming. Another big scene from Fire and Blood. Sure, yes. Blood and cheese happens in the book the very next page, like paragraphs after mm -hmm. Storm's End. It is an immediate response Rhaenyra doesn't learn about what happened at Storm's End until Blood and Cheese is already in motion. So the way I see this happening, and again, that's, I'm not married think, to this. That's true. It is true. Because Damon's the whole not point is a son her. for a son. Yes, but Damon is the one doing it, not Rhaenyra. Damon oh, okay. sends well, yeah, her a letter saying a son for a son, and then we find out what he already set in motion. Gotcha. So... The way I see this happening is Storm, and again, I think it's entirely possible this will be the season two premiere big moment. I, I think we episode could, two. that I'm is out. not episode one or two, but if they were going to do it in the finale, I the way I see it happening is Storm's End happens around the two-thirds mark of the episode. It's epic, it's brutal, it's awful. Rhaenyra gets the letter from Damon because he is going to be gone. I think I do think he will leave Dragonstone in this no, episode. Are you serious? You don't think so? I'm pretty sure I know he won't. Okay. Well, I have not read leaks. I have not read leaks. So we'll oh, it's see not what leaks, just the trailers and some of the leaks. Like they 
they're not really going by the book. They want to keep the yeah. characters in close proximity because they think that's better for the tension and they can then sell the images of them together. I doubt he'll leave. Well, we'll see what happens with that. That's fair. The way I see this, how it could work is if Damon leaves, Rhaenyra finding out about Storm's End the same way, getting a letter from him mm-hmm. the same time she's finding out, saying a son for a son. And then we get like a quick montage of how this is all going down because Masaria has been set up and she's involved in Blood and Cheese. And there's not a whole lot of reason for us to have seen Masaria in these past few episodes unless they're going to... The the only reason to have seen her is to set up that moment, whether that comes at the beginning of next season or the end of this season. So montage, while it's being explained how he contacted her, who these people are, et cetera, et cetera. And then the, the montage slows down. We get the shocking scene with blood and cheese, maybe one or two more scenes with Rhaenyra. And then that's the end of the season. That's how I could see it working. I think that you are like medically, <laughs> clinically insane. And I say that with a lot of love. Just I'm thinking like in next episode, just the whole problem with the season is that they haven't had enough time to sink things in. Like we have to have Rhaenyra learn her father is dead. That could be 20 good minutes by itself. It won't be, but it could be. It should be. Um, we have to have a big war council where they suggest that we got to go to the Erie, to Winterfell, to Storm's End. We have mm-hmm. to spend time with the kids. We have to spend time with Bela, Reyna, Jaceris, Lucerus. We have to um, have the crown be given over to Rhaenyra and have the crowning ceremony. I think we should see the Greens reaction. So I doubt we yeah. will. Well, we're, no, we're going to see Otto. Otto oh, is true. going to be at Dragonstone. He's going to present terms to Rhaenyra. So we'll see yeah, that. And too. then that's going to happen. So we have to tease out that we have to have her present them. We have to have her reject them. Like all of this, unless they like put that down to 10 minutes and then you want a really long to me. I want a really long scene at Storm's End. I want teasing out Eamon's fear. Yeah, oh, dear. Agree. Uh, teasing, out, teasing out the flames of all the characters there and to just pack. It's not a book. It's, it's not a history book it's tv like you you, sure. you want to let these moments sink in and kind of be built up to and have the audience go whoa what come on yeah. now it doesn't i think it would be a big mistake to put another charged moment in the same episode and to just shoot kind of doing a do a dramatic disservice to both of them and i hope the writers are thinking of my same way sometimes i think about us too if we were yeah. in a writer's room and how if people give pitches Debating I don't this. like, I would stand up, I would flip tables, I would tear down whiteboards, I would like take markers and rock all over them. Oh, it'd be so much fun. I think you're making a good case for why you shouldn't be in a writer's room here, Dan. That's you gotta true. be able to play oh, nice. No. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't play tables here. Clearly, I'm being funny, right? That's true. That's true. So I, for the record, I think it's more likely than not that we won't see blood and cheese. In, in the season finale. I do think they're going to save it for, I personally, I think the season two premiere, but I do think it's interesting to think about how close in succession those two scenes are in the book, mm-hmm. how they have foreshadowed blood and cheese a little bit this season. Like the, mm-hmm. like the rats hanging in the red keep on the one hand, that's like, Ooh, this is meta- a metaphor for rats on the other. It's showing rats infest the, the red keep and cheese is a rat catcher. So it, it is also yeah, but, setting that well, up. Yeah. But, if, if, if he's a rat catcher, then why are there so many rats? Because he's too busy learning passageways. <laughs> if they really wanted to set it up, 
here's what they would have done. They would have had Cheese as the rat catcher, right? Uh, be a rat catcher yes. hanging around the first five episodes, kind of doing a bad job and getting fired. That would be setting it up. I don't know. I don't know what this is. Yeah. So, I mean, we will find out on Sunday. I think it's more likely than not. It won't happen. I think there's maybe a five to 10% chance, maybe, maybe five, let's say a 5% chance. They try to pull off some crazy shit and hit us with a one, two punch in the finale instead of just one big moment, because that also is a breaking point in the story. Yeah. After blood and cheese. So there is a specific shift that happens after that moment. So we can either start season two with that moment happening and then the shift, or we can end season one with both of them and then the shift. Which, by the way, I guess I have two points to make quickly. A point and a question for you. Sure. The first point is the those big breaking points are why part of the reason I hated that Rainey's twist so much, because they're just like, what if we have a third <laughs> giant point of no return breaking point in here, but nothing really happens in it? Oh, oh I just hate it. The other question is, does my certainty about how right I am uh, come off as arrogant and unpleasant? <laughs> I don't know that I would say it's unpleasant. I think it can be cocky sometimes. Okay. When we're delivering the correct the correct cake takes on things. I mean, um, it, it's, it's just, <laughs> but it's it's all in good fun. It's good in good fun. It's it's in good fun. And I mean, you know, yes. it's hard. I don't mean to be right all the time. I just am. And just that just people <laughs> should just kind of learn to. Yeah. <laughs> Um, by the way, some good comments here. People uh, going back and forth on my on my Syria. Yeah, I agree with, with Cassandra. Too much for one hour episode, for a one hour episode. I'm all about pacing. Like a TV show should be paced yeah. well. I think, in my opinion, I gotta start saying that. Um, and people not loving the my Syria scene. I thought she. I agree. I, I thought she seemed kind of shoved in. You know, I do the thing where I rewrite shows in my head that's, that I don't like. Yeah, I'm not gonna share that, but I've done that and don't. And so I now have the right way to do it. <laughs> Um, but I'll say that for a post. Anyway, it'll be this Sunday. I'm curious to see what happens. I'm I'm a little nervous just because uh, I, I I don't know how I'm going to feel afterwards. I will say this show has emotionally affected me. I'm not sure it's affected by Game of Thrones because I'm not sure hmm. Game of Thrones ever angered me like this. Even those final Daenerys things, I honestly like. I get that they should have had more lead up, but I was I was never angry. I'm confused a little bit. But uh, this show is different. And you know what? Viva la difference. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I feel like the end didn't anger me on Game of Thrones. I was surprised by some things. I think the thing that bothered me the most on Game of Thrones was Dorne, actually, because I enjoyed Dorne yeah. in the books. And, and I felt that got the sh- Dorne in the Iron Islands in season five got the the shortest end of the stick of anything in the entire show, in my opinion. Were the Iron Islands in season That's five? That's what I'll say. Oh, were they season six? I think they were. Cause I think season five was Theon <laughs> hanging out and Ramsey at Winterfell. But listen, Ugh, well, we, there you we, go. <laughs> we broke down the latest episode on Sunday. We'll bring the new one here. We have all of our things. I'm still over it. I just, I'm just really passionate about story structure. Apparently. apparently. I don't know how it happened. It just seemed to have evolved that way, but Hey, at least I'm doing this for a living. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of, Oh, Cassandra asked, I'm thinking, did George R. R. Martin actually okay the rainy scene? Cassandra, I do not think so. So George R. R. Martin doesn't have like, you know, like veto power. He's not told like that. Yeah. They said that the, the writer, Sarah Hess came up with that idea. And then the showrunner said, okay, like, again, if I were in there, I would have argued politely, but forcefully against Ooh, that course nice. of action. Nice. But unfortunately, I wasn't. So <laughs> they went ahead with it. 
George R. R. Martin I, 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 is not like deeply involved in this, even though he's given his blessing, yeah. which is nice. So he would have thrown a chair. Yeah. I would not have thrown a chair. What if I want to do this someday? I want to tell all the showrunners out there right now. I am polite, but I am. I will, you know, I will argue <laughs> from my point of view. I will turn in work promptly. I will turn in high quality work and I will help you become the number one show in the world. Here's my business card. Yeah. So, so Richard says you would have thrown a gamer chair and now I need to know <laughs> before we can move on. Is the secret lab Titan Evo 2022 house of the dragon gaming chair throwable or is it too heavy? I would need to work out. You could do it. <laughs> just, I, okay. I, okay. I, 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 I need to pump up a bunch uh, to really get it done. Okay. Cause as it stands, I, 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 I don't think so. I can throw like the top. What I'm I hearing is together, it's a substantial chair. And I'm not good at putting things together, but I did manage to like use the Allen wrenches, whatever they provided us to like slap it together. And it's like, oh, this more or less works. So if I can do it, you can do it. Friday, Wick Twitter. Okay, so moving on to other things involving yeah. story structure. So there's going to be a lot of complaining this episode. We're going to try to move it on. I mean, I enjoy talking with you. We always kind of get sidetracked a bit, but that's fun. So we'll try to keep it. That's how it goes. A little it's organic. It's organic. People love relatability. Clicks. That's hits, true. Subscribe to YouTube. Hit the bell. The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power is a TV show on Amazon Prime yes. Video that recently wrapped up its first season after eight episodes. Amazon had a lot riding on this. They, inv- I think this is the most expensive television show in the history of television ever, bar none. You know, wrap it up, print it, send it out. Now that we have all eight episodes to consider, Daniel, was the ring, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power a success, a failure, or other? I think... I think it depends a lot on what you were looking for in it. Mm-hmm. I think if you were looking for a compelling show that will carve its place in the annals of history, I don't know that that's the rings of power. I think if we're talking about a low key, a quiet success for Amazon that is going to drive a lot of traffic for them and a lot of viewers oh, sure. and get them more buzz for a show than they are normally used to, in that sense, it's a success. I think there are things that different people have liked about it. I I think it has related to some parts of its fan base well. I I watched a really great review about this earlier that talked about how it kind of had things that angered a lot of the hardcore Tolkien fans like The Stranger showing up as Gandalf. I hated the finale. I'll just put this out there. I felt physically pained at one or two points, uh, mainly around the around the fan service, really Uh, having the stranger drop Gandalf lines really bugged me because they didn't make any sense in the moment. And they were just there for the wink at the, at the viewer. So angering hardcore Tolkien fans. And then at the same time, including enough stuff to maybe not relate to the total people who don't know anything about Tolkien. So I, the point of this review, this was Daniel Green's review on YouTube. He's great. Go check him out. He, he made the point that it, it, hit a specific sliver in the middle of not hardcore fans, not people who don't know anything. It kind of kneecapped its audience a little bit. And I kind of agree with that because I think it played pretty fast and loose with Tolkien's lore, yeah, which surprised me because they've talked so much about how haven't they faithful they are, how important it is. And, you know, one of the showrunners speaks Elvish, which has been used as a marketing Super. thing quite a bit. So, yeah, I, I feel like, the answer is not very easy. It's 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 a trickier answer for me as a viewer. 
it was not a success. I because I am only going to begrudgingly watch season two and hope that it wins me back over because it's my job. <laughs> but there are a lot of people who liked it. What did you think? And out there, let us know what you think, too. I definitely did not uh, hate it as much as you did. I thought it was fine. It, it wasn't great. Okay. I'll definitely say that. I'm a Tolkien fan. And, and like, I knew they were doing things that just don't make sense. I'm never going to trust someone who says that we love the books again. I mean, not to get back to House <laughs> of the Dragon again, but they said that there, too. We love the books. We love the books. And a lot of things were really close. They kept yeah. all the names. And then Rainies come out from the freaking floor in a dragon, which is a complete change. It utterly makes no sense. It just it was. Hey, it's so hey, bizarre. We're talking about rings of power now. Dan. I know. Don't, rings worry, of don't power. worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. I, I'm going to relate to it. The, 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 <laughs> the difference is with House of the Dragon, like they stick pretty close. So, so like a wild left field. What are you doing? Chain sticks out here. There was just from the jump. There was almost very little to hold on to. And I, although I will say I spoke to some friends who aren't big Tolkien lore nerdists like I am um, about what offended me. They were like, that's what you don't like. But I think it's legitimate and valid. I also think it's worse. So my, my probably biggest, like, this is dumb moment was them saying that uh, the elves need Mithril to preserve their lives and to save them or they will all die. Not only is that a silly kind of a change of the mythology around Mithril, but dramatically, I think it's so much weaker because in the books, the elves, the Noldor, want to make these rings because they're prideful, because they're reaching for this perfection in a kind of hubristic way. So they're sort of setting up their own downfall. And in this, it kind of absolves them of any blame for anything because they're only doing it because they have to. Otherwise, the elves would go extinct. And you don't want that, do you? That is definitely against Tolkien's ethos. He was very big and kind of classic, like classic flaw type tragedy, you know? Like we have a great yeah. person who's undone by some fatal flaw. By some, in, in this case for the elves, it's pride. And just, it's not there and it's, it just makes everything so much less rich. Yeah. So I agree they, with that. So you can say you speak Elvish all you like. Like there's just nothing in here that seems Tolkienish. And as just a person who just likes TV, uh, long stretches were kind of dull. The Numenor stuff. I mean, I maintain what I said at the start. I liked to Numenor. the end. I, did, I, I was very bored by Numenor. I just, I just never got on board with it. That was one of the few things I enjoyed in the show. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> In the third know, episode, it, I think it dragged eventually. They introduced too many characters there. Yeah. And they never met each other. Like, I liked the dwarf stuff. I liked Elrond and uh, the, the dwarf. Um, oh, how was his name? Durin. And then I like the Harfoots. I like their accents. Although even that was kind of like herky-jerky progression. So just kind of middling in all ways, except the way it looked. It's not great, but I didn't loathe it. Even that lore crap I'm complaining about. I mean, like, eh. Yeah, you changed everything, but I guess I had low expectations enough that it didn't really bother me that much. I like this episode, and I agree yeah. with whoever said, uh, sorry to bring this up again, but Nicole on Facebook says the Rings of Power is actually better than House of the Dragon this past week. I do agree with that. I think the finale was stronger oh, than episode hard. nine. It yeah, was fun. We're going to agree. You to had, like the Harfoot the, fight. The finale the- was awful. <laughs> we can agree I to disagree. Man, I, ha- I hate it. Gandalf 
tells Nori to follow her nose while they're sitting in a so. fruit-filled orchard, Dan. Doesn't make any sense. I, well, I don't know. He has a wizard nose. Like, who's to say what he's smelling? Maybe it's a magic nose. I wasn't offended by the fan service okay. as much, too. I mean, yeah. it's there. But I, I'm not going to go ahead and presume to know what Nostari thinks. But yeah, it's clearly fan service. It's stupid. It's silly. It's dumb. It's pandering. But I don't know. He's a wizard. Yeah. And wizards have magic noses. Yeah. I liked the Harfoots fighting the evil white robe ladies. I liked I liked the Sauron reveal, I guess. I mean, it's, you know, not my Sauron, but whatever. It was important enough. I liked the scenes of Sauron kind of helping out Celebrimbor, who was very clueless, being like, oh, yeah, that th- that would be a good idea. Oh, yeah, but it's not good. Because that's actually yeah. closer to what I was expecting from the book, from like book Sauron. I'm going differently, but still. I thought the finale was it. It diverted me. I wasn't, I was angry at House of the Dragon. I, I wasn't angry at Lord of the Rings this week. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I think House of the Dragon, I agree with what Cassandra said, which is that the dialogue in House of the Dragon episode nine, despite the ending, she doesn't think Rings of Power can compare with that. And, no. and I completely, I completely agree with that. I think Galadriel's sudden suspicion of Sauron made barely any sense it was now we're at the finale and the reveal has to happen they tried so hard to make us think it was the stranger they said it literally like every time he was on screen that he was sauron in this episode Corey saying there's zero point to the harfoot story other than nostalgia bait i do kind of agree with that nori and the stranger setting out at the end of the season Mm -hmm is what I thought was going to happen in episode two. So I feel like they just stretched things out so much that I, yeah, it's, I had a hard time with it. Uh, I like the beginning of the season a lot more than the end. Yes, nice. Those are some good points. But yeah, so it, this is what I mean though about, it's hard to really say, was the Rings of Power success? Was it not? I don't think it's the blanket cultural phenomenon everyone's raving about it oh, thing Amazon no. maybe hoped it would be. Not close. For the money they invested. We've talked a lot about this this week, but I think the Wheel of Time was much better. Um, I hope Amazon invests more in that than the Rings of Power in the future because I think they have a much sure. stronger show there with much easier source material to draw from than the Second Age where they're, you know, basically doing Second Age fanfic. Because like Gandalf's not in it in the second age at all. Um, yeah. So they're kind of just doing their thing. They're having Sauron. They're having Alron. It is very fan fiction-y. I just wish that House of the Dragon could have been great all the way through. So it could have been sort of like, great. There's like another big, awesome fancy to carry the torch. And I mean, it's been very good, but it's, it, but it's, it's, it's had its, its misses too. I, I, I just hope the finale is good. And there's a power. Yeah. I, I think Lord Daquan asked worth the watch. Somebody said, don't bother. I mean, Clearly, we're not that enthusiastic about it. Uh, yeah. You know, if you find yourself with nothing to do some night, you, you, could, you could do worse. But I'd probably yeah. say no. You can skip it. Yeah. I mean, what I'd say for the Rings of Power, I, I have been vocal about that. As of episode seven, I had, that was my point where I was unable to, in good faith, recommend it to people anymore. I think if you mm-hmm. want to watch it to be in on the conversation and to be to have your, your eyeballs massaged by beautiful visuals... <laughs> You know, like it's gorgeous to look at. There are some good performances, some cool orc stuff. But overall, you know, I wouldn't recommend it over many of the other shows and movies that have come out this year. So, yeah, like Dan said, if you're you're real bored one night, 
and you just want to see see some cool stuff that is vaguely middle earthy then maybe as lord daquan asks don't you think game of thrones had already built up the fan base for house of the dragon to walk in it absolutely did yeah house of the dragon has a strong fan base because game of thrones is there sure but it's got to keep it up like it's gotta it's gotta yeah. give people the reasons to stick around amazon has all the money yeah. so i i wonder i wonder what I, I I wonder for both of these shows if people will stick around for the second seasons. And I think Rings of Power is a more dangerous than House of the Dragon. Yeah, it's not like Amazon didn't have that with Rings of Rings of Power though. Like mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, like that was a that's a pretty huge fan base to tap into and say, hey, yes. we're gonna make a show for you. It is, and I mean, and they did. I mean, Lord of the Rings folks showed up for it, but yeah, it's not the same. Like I think there was a director of the Euro today. They like, did. It, it, House of the Dragon does feel like how like Game of Thrones season nine because it's so close. Yes. It's much of the same team, the same locations. I don't think they're literally the same sets, but they look like the same sets or they're a little different. Yeah, it, it's much closer than you know. Uh, several years after The Hobbit, decades after Lord of the Rings movies, where it's just a new take on an old thing. It's more like the yes, you're totally right. Yeah, but um, yeah, they're both out there. They're both doing their thing. Uh, next year we'll have the Wheel of Time. We'll have The Witcher. We'll have The Last of Us. It'll be another eventful year, yep. but we probably won't see either of these programs again until 2024. By the time we back one more time, I wonder if we're going to get the do... Last Kingdom movie next year. Um, probably, you think yeah, will? right. Because I think they filmed it. So. so how are, how long could it yeah. be? <laughs> we, I'm sure. I, I, I'm sure we'll also get more Marvel stuff. More Marvel crap. You decide. Yes. Uh, Daniel, did you like the program She-Hulk, which also wrapped up last week? Everything wrapping up? Or they got money? I'm kind of uh, similarly to the Rings of Power. There are things I liked about She-Hulk and things I didn't. Sure. I enjoyed it a lot. I love that it exists. I think it kind of, I said this a few weeks back and you and you had a fun fun argument about it. I think it strayed into fluff territory a little bit too much or... I don't want to say filler, but like there, there were things about it that didn't quite hit for me. There are other yeah. things about it that I thought were excellent. And I think in terms of, so I watched this show with my wife, I think in terms of some of the commentary on like the experience for women um, in today's society, I think it hit that on the head pretty well for a Marvel thing. I like the finale too. I, I definitely was like, what the hell am I watching for was- a minute? I was like, it was oh, we're doing this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like it's the most meta interesting finale that a Marvel thing has had in a while. Yeah. So I give it points for bravery for sure. I could never just draw up that much, that much passion for it. It, it was always nice. Yeah. I mean, my, my main thing I don't like about it is that it's a sitcom, but I, I just didn't laugh and just, you know, that's for me, that's sort of like the, the whole sentence put the period on it and leave. If I don't laugh at your jokes, yeah. what are we, what are we, what are we doing here? But um, that finale was bold. I like that. I give it points. That's sitcoms, right? They either click with you or, or they don't. And I feel like that's kind of almost a side effect of the genre. Sure. And I mean, I liked Tatiana Maslany's performance. I enjoyed some bits. I, I, I'd like some bits. Like I liked her arc. She was appealing. And I thought yeah. the character had some appealing moments. Mostly, though, it was a little disposable. And that finale was very meta, though. It was cute. It was a cool experiment. I just, you know, it was yeah. fine. And I'm ready to... What's, what, what, what is the next one? The next Marvel thing? Well, the next movie 
is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I don't know what the next show is actually off the top of my head. Is it the one with Amelia Clark? Secret the... Invasion. That's got to be one of the next ones. That might be. I think that's the only one that's gotten a trailer. I know Ironheart is supposed to come out next year too. Right. Yeah. Secret Invasion is early 2023. And then what if season two? <laughs> early 2023 and then echo echo is coming next summer and loki season two is coming next summer okay and x-men 97 is coming next fall and ironheart is coming next fall oh my god and agatha coven of chaos is coming next winter so everyone be ready to drown in marvel until you can't remember your own name starting it already started oh yeah it's it's been going on for a couple of years now um, as Lord Daquan asked, did we ever watch the old HBO Rome show? I did. I liked it. Rome was a, a very pivotal moment for HBO. It kind of without Rome, there's no Game of Thrones and no House of the Dragon. So it's 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 important. And I yeah. enjoyed it. Daniel, do you ever see the Rome show? Two seasons? I didn't. It's kind of one of those shows I've always meant to watch. Um, I know it had like uh, CRN Hines, who played Mance Raider. Oh, yeah, was yeah. In it. he was um, Julius Caesar. Yeah, I've seen I've seen him get uh, shanked. So there's no surprise on Rome with how it ends. You you know, um, and he was shanked <laughs> by um, Edmure Tully, Tobias Menzies, who played Brutus. Oh man, well that dude, I Tobias Menzies is one of those actors I will watch him in anything. After seeing him in Outlander season one, even though he was awful, I hated him. But man, <laughs> that dude, he is it gave me such a respect for his acting and also made me a little sad for how underutilized he was on game of thrones have you seen outlander season one i still have not watched outlander no although i know sorry julie if you're watching i never got around to it but you've seen it so you are outlander resident i am i think the the first season is watching almost just for his performance alone because he is he's the villain and he is just skin crawlingly awful but yeah, so I have not watched Rome. I probably should. Uh, but yeah, uh, like if seasons. I can find time between all the Marvel shows. Exactly. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, Nicole, I, I know I keep an outlander. I mean, there's we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about what we're watching in a minute. By the way, Christian asks, is Sasha yeah. in Ironheart? Who is Sasha? I don't, know if you don't know that. Yeah, yeah. I'll answer that one. Uh, so I assume Christian's asking about Sasha Baron Cohen. There are rumors oh. that he is cast as Mephisto in Ironheart. They started swirling like a day ago. We don't know, Christian. Um, but the last time there were rumors was about Harrison Ford. And we found out like a week later that they were true. So I think that could be true, but we don't know for sure yet. Probably. Uh, Harrison Probably. Ford, man. I, that pissed our lightning round, but still, that's a pretty big one. That's a big get. Yeah. Man is uh, yeah. a living legend. It is a big get. How old is that guy? God. And Phil has a comment. Interesting. Shouldn't the House of Dragon sets? Shouldn't the House of the Dragon sets be the same? It's supposed to be the same location. I honestly was impressed at how much the details of the sets differed. And that in Game of Thrones, Robert obviously attempted to eliminate anything Targaryen in anger over his loss of Lyanna, which I did like. In House of the Dragon, you see dragon yeah. symbology everywhere. Game of Thrones, it's all gone, with the exception of the dragon skulls and lower levels. Yeah, Phil, I do like the set design a lot. What I mean when I say I'm not sure, I'm not sure if the sets are the same. I mean that I don't know if they're literally using the same sets they used on Game of Thrones. Like they're I, I not. don't know if those things were. T- yeah, probably not. Just because of the way that productions work, they gotta they gotta tear they things built a down. Whole new red you gotta keep. give the union crews. Yeah. yeah, and they built the whole um, new Red Keep set. It's probably. I mean, it's not like literally the same fake walls, 
that Lena yes. Headey once walked up and down, but it's obviously <laughs> made to look a lot like them. And exactly. Good, yeah. Uh, and, and yes, you're right, Cassandra. They did build a whole red keep, which ugh, if this show yeah. makes me happy again with the finale, they should auction off like a sleepover in the red keep set. I would do that. Like, because that be thing cool. is huge. Yeah. You can like walk up and down that thing. That thing is is just everywhere. They really make good use of that. That'd be very cool. Yeah. So they built they built new sets, but they did film King's Landing in the same city, I believe. Caceres, yeah. which is holding uh, Caceres, the yeah, the City of Dragons event. It's Europe's largest Game of Thrones event. One of our journalists, Federica Boko, will be there. Mm-hmm. You guys, if you're in Europe, go. Because I am sad, and I wish I could go to Spain and go to that, but I have to tell you how awesome the House of the Dragon finale is this weekend. So, another <sighs> year. <sighs> Finally, before we move on to our next bit. Oh, I guess we can't. Uh, Lord Daquan asked, did either of us watch the last two eps of Andor? It's like a good reason to go into our next section. What are we watching? Da, 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 da. Um, I watched the <laughs> episode Andor last week. I would have watched it today, but after the morning I had, after the morning I had, I couldn't fit it in. <laughs> Which is yeah. true. I fully wanted to watch it today, but then I had this crazy morning where I had a bike in the bike. You, you know it. I lost an hour. Yeah. It's just really, really, really solid. Are, are you caught up, Daniel? I'm not caught up. I've only seen the first three episodes. Mm. I loved them. I enjoyed them a lot. Good. I'm excited to get caught up. There's just so much TV. And I've been rewatching House of the Dragon a lot this week. So oh, yeah? I, I didn't get a chance. Smart. My favorite character from Andor is um, Cyril, who's like the really kind of um, uptight imperial corporate officer. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the one who like yeah, got yeah. his yes. uh, uniform retailored and is like weirdly kind of obsessed and humorless mm-hmm. and never smiles or laughs. And he's just like this little this like little sad boy that you just want to hug, yeah. but he wouldn't like it because he's all um don't touch me. I am an instrument of the empire and I and, and I don't want love only duty. Oh, he's so precious. Yeah, uh, he's a lot of fun because he's just so pathetic. Uh, so I'm really enjoying him. Um, and the show in general is very, very solid. And I hear the next one's great, but I haven't watched it yet because that's the morning I had. I couldn't have time. But tonight, hopefully I'll get to it. Anything you watching, Daniel? Yeah, again, I've mainly been watching uh, House of the Dragon this week. I've been getting and cool. Rings of Power. Obviously, the Rings of, of Power finale happened. So I watched that. Yeah, House of the Dragon. I was really struck. So last night I rewatched the Green Council and then I rewatched the premiere. And man, it is going to be just, I think Game of Thrones, it's interesting because that's like an opening chapter. Like uh, there's this big question of, is this season better than season one of Game of Thrones? Blah, blah, blah. No, Uh, they're so different, but I feel like House of the Dragon is telling a more complete story with its first season. Because like you go back and rewatch the early episodes and it just hits you in the heart in a different way because Rhaenyra is a little kid. Viserys is not old and decrepit. Even Otto Hightower's got a different hairdo, which I didn't notice until I oh, rewatched. I didn't notice that either. Um, oh, good. Yeah, I snuck under the radar, but he's got different hair in the early episodes. Uh, but yeah, that's mainly what I've been watching because here we are. It's finale week. Yes. You, however, you've been watching something else, right? Yeah. As Nicole says, watching Interview with the Vampire, which has been consistently good. And Nicole, I couldn't agree more. This interview with the vampire show at AMC, it is straight hotness. It is a, it's really okay. good. Like that's awesome. They, have you been watching it at all? I haven't checked it out yet, but it's on oh, my list. I love, I recommend I love it. Anne Rice. I'll get there. Like they cast Jacob Anderson as Louis, who is a, a, 
who is, you know, at first folk were like, oh, well, you're casting a black actor as Brad Pitt and they'll change everything. Okay. They've done such a good job. They've at first, I was kind of concerned that they were relocating things to like, you know, early 20th century, not hundred years before, but they, mm-hmm. they did their research. Like they located in the French quarter of new Orleans and they really play into the idea that Louis is this Creole black man, Jacob Anderson, who's been turned into a vampire and how that affects like his, his dealings with the local kind of council people and the businessmen huh. and how he kind of has to kind of, even though he's basically like a, a, a God at this point who can like step in the next whatever he wants, yeah. he still has to like kind of kowtow because of the system. And it's just really, really believable. And his relationship with Lestat, by Sam Reed is, I mean, it's every bit as messed up as it is in the book and in the old movie, but they've laid it, it it doesn't feel like just an adaptation just to cash in. Like they have a vision here and it's an interesting vision. And I've been really soaking it up. I've really been liking that a lot. Cool. That I like how they kind of cut back and forth between the ye olden times and the, like the actual interview is a big part of it where they're in modern times and the journalist who is very funny on his own and kind of like laconic and sarcastic is a character and the way Louis evolved and how he's doing things now with a country what he's doing before, it's all really working for me. So I'm in, I'm I'm impressed cool. by that. They they are already calling it the immortal universe. So just easy tiger. But uh, okay, this th- this first volley is definitely quality so far. I've seen three episodes that are out. Cool. I feel like the immortal universe thing. Uh, you know, it bothered me more if they were doing long term plans. But I almost feel like. I can kind of forgive them for it, knowing that the Mayfair Witches is coming like next February or January. It's very um, that's soon enough that it's like, okay, you need to define this thing because you're you're just you're going for it. Um, and it sounds like maybe that's not a bad idea. A- AMC is kind of in spinoff central, you know, thinking about The Walking Dead. It's this doesn't feel too surprising that they're going all in on Anne Rice like mm-hmm. this. I mean. It's so high quality. I I always worry that you dilute yourself, which I, I by the way, I think Marvel is yeah. a good example of like it does feel diluted at this point Agreed. a little bit, e- even the good stuff. Yeah, I've just been very impressed with that. And I hope and I hope they kill it the rest of the time. And I think they will. Oh, it's been so good so far. Before we go on to our final thing, good play has some great comments over on the YouTube. He uh, good play feels my anger. Thank you. But I think that it did a brilliant job with some stumbles about House of the Dragon. But overall, it is excellent. And I never felt invested in a TV show since Game of Thrones, but House of the Dragon. And good play. I do feel you. I am invested in House of the Dragon. That is, I, I mean, I think you're right, Daniel. That's why I'm so put off yeah. by this, these latest stumbles. Because the show had me. And I don't like, you know, I don't like when a loved one jerks me around. <laughs> And that's what they've become <laughs> like the rings of power stumbles. I'm like, eh, whatever. But uh, house of the dragon takes a tumble in my eyes anyway. And it hurts. I feel it. I I'm invested in this yeah. stuff, which is great. And I want to be invested again. So I am going to be optimistic heading into the finale. Why not? Good. Rock my world. I, I think that's the right play. I, I think the, the outcry around episode nine has been a little outsized because let's be charitable here. There's one episode of an otherwise great show that has had some some snafus, some controversial moments. Um, but I don't think that's enough to write it off or cry for pillorying uh, writers and uh, the way that has been happening online. So 
I think the finale, I'm hopeful that it will be good. It's a very seasoned director. It's Greg Gaetanis sure. who did uh, but, episode two, The Rogue Prince. Ryan Condal's writing it. So I'm hopeful. You've got to have a good script, though. I mean, there's some saying yeah. in filmmaking, maybe Richard knows it. It's that, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's like even a mediocre director can have a good movie out of a good script, but even a great director can't take a bad script and make it a good movie. Like, it's just not possible. Oof. So I'm sure Oof. Greg Yatanis is great, but so is Claire Kilner. I I, I, I loved her work episode five, yeah, yeah. too. I didn't lamp some at all. So it's got to be the script. It's TV. Just movies are a little different because like you can like take Eraserhead, which is like 12 pages long and just David and David Lynch can just go like, what if we had a baby dance on the stage? And just it'll be an <laughs> epic work. But a TV show, you yeah. got to have a good uh, script or it's not going to work. So cross yeah, fingers. That's fair. Can't argue it. I And again, it's Condals, So I'm hopeful. They Yeah, we'll see. One other show. Oh, one other show I want to throw out there that I forgot I'd started watching, but I have is Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Oh yeah, is that uh, which is an anime. It it's really good. Um, it's definitely you know if you have played the Cyberpunk 2077 video game, there are mm-hmm. lots of little nods. It totally feels like that sure. same world, which is cool. Like they use some of the same sound effects and stuff. But the actual like artsiness of the show kind of surprised me. Like the way it's lingers on different uh images not to say it doesn't happen in anime it does all the time but that surprised me because i didn't expect that level of like storytelling nuance that the camera is going to linger not on the people talking but on specific things to tell you other things about them while they're talking um so i yeah i'm enjoying it a lot i'll definitely be finishing it um i'm like three episodes in they're like 24 minutes they're very short very very bloody that's a netflix show right yes netflix has had a pretty good run with their animated stuff yeah like arcane was a big hit yep castlevania was awesome too i loved the first Mm. especially the first season but the first couple seasons i loved that first season then it kind of got weirdly boring for a show about whipping vampires to death that was that one surprised yeah. me first season was absolutely the best oh yeah. so good it was so like kind of gonzo wild just out of this world crazy heavy metal and then how how yeah. could that whatever it's not important should we move on to our final segment the um world famous wick news lightning round yeah let's do it let us lightning all right where we take a bunch of stories we didn't have time to get to in the main body of the show and give our 20 second reactions. I did not order these. So we're going to play it by ear and I okay. think we're going to go to the right ones. Okay. Okay. Here is a, a good first one for either of us. I'll just ask it of you, Daniel. Okay. So, okay. They changed on House of the and House of the Dragon. No. Uh, okay. No, I'll ask you. Um, on House of the Dragon, they changed the opening credits again for episode nine. And in this case, they had a symbol for Maelor Targaryen, who is the son, uh, the younger son of Aegon and Helena. And they really, they firmed it up so you really could see four bloodlines coming from Alicent, suggesting that Darren Targaryen is really a thing, even though we haven't heard either of these folk mentioned yet. Thoughts? I think that's cool. Um, It's nice to get, you know, the little bit of confirmation that Darren and Maelor are around because those are two um, important characters in their own ways. So... I've enjoyed how the opening credits have evolved over the course of the show, even though I am not still crazy about the fact that they've used the Game of Thrones theme song. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Okay. So Dan, I know you are awaiting this news with bated breath. 
Blade, Deadpool 3, Fantastic Four, and Avengers Secret Wars have all been delayed. How will you survive until you get to see them? I'll be fine. I'm just... um. So I... I, I I think they delayed Blade because the director left and they had to find yes. a new person and that forced everything else to get pushed back some. So, so that's what happened. I mean, Marvel will be fine. Of those, I'm looking forward to any of them. Blade, I mean, like a little bit for each one. Let Blade, Deadpool, that sounds fun. It'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. You didn't want to talk about Barbarella, huh? Okay. Um, I didn't. I Daniel. know nothing about Barbarella. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Daniel, story three. Uh, Brendan Fraser is open doing a fourth mummy movie. He doesn't think the Tom yes. Cruise one was fun enough. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Fraser is getting a ton of Oscar buzz right now for his new movie, The Whale. He got asked if he would do a fourth mummy. And he basically said, if it was a good enough movie, I would be open to it. And then he said uh, he there's a balance with those movies between fun and adventure and horror. And he didn't think the Tom Cruise one nailed it. And that's why it flopped. And he knows how hard it is. Okay, so Dan, I didn't want to talk about this because I just knew you were the person who would best <laughs> serve this story to our listeners. Um, so Euphoria star Sydney Sweeney is set mm-hmm. to headline a new Barbarella remake. What's uh, that? Barbarella is a really weird cult sci-fi film from the 60s about, and I quote from the trailer, a five-star double-rated astro-navigatrix Earth girl Oscar winner Jane Fonda kind of giving these booby outfits and going from planet to planet, having weird adventures. It's a very specific kind of camp. And um, I'll, I'll be curious in a remake. Sure. That's a, that's, that's cool. It's a hard one to get right. Jane Fonda. Perfect. As you say, Christian. Yeah. It's classic, weird, but classic. Here we go. Oh, this is a good one. Um, Daniel uh, game of Thrones. Yes. Veteran Indira Varma will play the empress of the freaking universe in the eight upcoming HBO Max Dune spinoff TV series, Dune the Sisterhood. Yeah, so Dune the Sisterhood, they've been announcing some castings for that. Indira Varma is the empress. She's married to Emperor Carino. I think, I assume the first, oh, an no, old, no. An old oh, one. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no. Oh dear. Did everything poop the bed or is it just me? Well, you're I back. Froze. I can hear you. Should we just move on? Because we're almost done. No. Okay, everybody. It looks like we might have to cut things off a little bit earlier. In case you were wondering. Daniel, are you back? I'm back. You're back. I don't know what happened there. Uh, Computers. I I don't get them. You don't get them. Nobody gets them. I don't think anybody gets computers. Anyway, let's go on on with the next one and keep this rolling because we're almost finished. Go ahead and ask me the next one. Okay. Okay, so we we mentioned this earlier, but Harrison Ford, he's replacing William Hurt as Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross in the MCU. It is official. How do you feel? Um, It's pretty big. I mean, look, um, William Hurt, I like a lot. The actor passed um, Mm -hmm. the the, the other year. If you're going to replace him with somebody, Harrison Ford, Han Solo, Indiana Jones could play Red Hulk in the MCU. That would be kind of wild. but I yeah. mean, if you if what you want is name recognition, you got it. Yeah, there's a comment I want to talk about so bad. Maybe we can maybe we can hit it after the lightning okay. round. Really fast because we're past time. Okay, Daniel, and you're the person, I know, and, and you're the person to do this. Out this upcoming seventh season of Outlander is bringing back Graham McTavish and other actors, some of whom have uh, passed. 
Um, yeah, Outlander. I mean, like you said, Graham McTavish is coming back. He's played a couple of characters on Outlander. He uh, was one of, I believe, Jamie's relatives earlier. It's been a while since I since I watched. Um, and then he played a descendant of that character because Outlander is all about time travel. Um, so, yeah, I think this is exciting. You never know what they're going to do on that show. All right, guys, we're going to end a little early because of difficulties. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, you can find us on uh, YouTube, Facebook every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Join us on this Sunday to recap House of the Dragon after the episode. Uh, we're on Google Play, iTunes, subscribe, hit the bell, all that good stuff. Thanks so much for watching. Episode 9 was terrible, and I hope the finale is better. God bless you all. Good night. Adios. Take care. Episode 9 was fine. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.